are listening to the Grow Together podcast, the official podcast of the Grow Together community, a place where no one gets left behind on their self-discovery and personal growth journey. And now, here's your host, Luke Burrows. All right, guys, welcome back to the Grow Together podcast. And today I have my man, Nathan, joining us. And guys, I'm really excited about this. So it's been a long time since wanting to bring Nathan on. And it started, I don't know, don't know if you guys remember the Motivational Mentors podcast that I was doing. And um, we were originally going to bring Nathan on there with uh, my co-host on, on that podcast that was Arsenio. And uh, yeah, we um, one day we tried to do it and then Arsenio, we were like, with time zones, we messed up. So anyway, cut a long story short, I'm really happy to bring Nathan onto the show today. Nathan, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, man. Excited to be here. I know we've rescheduled a few times, but it's good to, to finally connect. Yeah, for sure. So um, you are the co-founder of Outsource School. I know, um, well, when I first, when we, well, when we first connected, you was doing free up and um, I, I, I used that service. That was amazing. And um, yeah, you've been on like over 300 podcasts, just like a born entrepreneur. So really excited to, to really dive into your story ultimately and your journey uh, today. Um, but yeah, why don't you kind of um, tell the audience and share more about kind of who Nathan is, and then we'll really dive into, into the story and, and, and the journey so far. Yeah, I mean, I'm a 10-year entrepreneur. I, I've never had a, a real job outside of some internships uh, in high school and, and the beginning of college. And I, I learned a lot from those internships. I mean, I learned marketing and sales and, and business, but I also really learned that I hated working for other people. So from a young age, even though my parents were teachers and my mentality was I was going to go to school, get a real job, work for 30 years and, and then retire. I really just didn't like having a boss. I didn't like the idea of working nine to five. And, and, and I knew I wanted to, to be an entrepreneur. So even when I got to college, those first few years of college, I was buying and reselling people's textbooks, uh, competing with my school bookstore. That, that was my first business. And I actually did pretty well. I got a cease and desist letter um, from my college telling me to knock it off because I was taking too much of their business. <laughs> so right. yeah, that was kind of the, the glimpse into being an entrepreneur and books led me to Amazon. They were a, a big, mostly just a big bookstore in 2008, 2009, um, just getting into other products. And I thought it was so cool. I could um, just have this 24 seven storefront. I could practice my customer service skills. I, I could get money automatically deposit my bank account. Like all, all this was new in 2008, 2009. So I, I started experimenting and through a lot of trial and error came across baby products. If you can imagine that, um, <laughs> I found that it was, they would sell pretty easily. They had pretty good margins. So I created this Amazon drop shipping baby product business that, that really took off. And I really struggled to hire. I mean, college kids were, were not very reliable. I remember having to to knock on people's dorm rooms to to get them to wake up and actually show up for their shift. So I eventually gave up on college kids and moved into the remote hiring world, the, the virtual assistants. And that's how I got into that, just by necessity. And I, I thought it was so cool. I could have the, the I could hire people from Upwork and Fiverr and hire people for two hours a day or project based and I just hated the platforms. It just took forever to post a job, get 50 applicants, interview them one by one. So I decided one day to build my own marketplace free up, which I launched four years ago. I tried to make it better than Upwork, better than Fiverr, a platform that pre-vetted virtual assistants, let the top 1% in, made them available to people quickly whenever they needed them with 
great customer service and a no turnover protection. If someone quit, we covered replacement costs. And we're lucky that, that people like the product. We like the service. We scaled that from a $5,000 investment to a million to 5 million to 9 million to 12 million last year. Um, we ended up getting acquired by, by one of our customers at the end of last year, which is a whole nother story. And now that we sold that, we're, we're working on outsource school because we've now built two businesses completely run by virtual assistants. And we want to teach people how we did it. We want to create software that helps people do it. And we want to not only teach them the, the basics of interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing, but also how to use VAs to get on podcasts, how to use VAs for bookkeeping, more specific, specific stuff that people can apply to their business right away. Man, that's so awesome. I mean, I've just wrote down three things I definitely want to ask you. So I'm going to just going to like really go through them. The first thing was with the young age, you know, and you said that never you know, wanted to work a nine to five or anything. And I'm just kind of in, really interested in that because I can relate to that, you know. So I had, um, so when I was 17, 18, I, I left college and, you know, I was like, you know, I just want to run my own business, you know, but at the time, super young, didn't know about the, like, the online world. So I um, just thought, you know, just go and work with a company. Um, I think it might be similar to what you've done, but here we call them apprenticeships. Um, so I got um, an apprenticeship and then, then I fell into like the nine to five, but I always felt like, you know, definitely wanted to do something where, you know, I'm running my own business. But I suppose it's like a limiting belief that I had was that not, not that I didn't really have experience you know per se in entrepreneurship or in business but it was that thing like was I maybe qualified maybe because I wasn't like I didn't work in nine to five or corporate world or where I, wherever for a long time would other people look at me and think well you know you've only worked you know for a nine to five for three or four years and already you kind of want to you know like go out there and build your own business um but that's something that that i felt um yeah i mean i i think i definitely learned a lot and i think i got a head start like even before these internships i was the the head umpire of my my little league i got a job doing that so i was like managing people and dealing a little bit more high level stuff but i do think that there's some benefit to working in corporate for two years i mean if i if i could go back and, and work in corporate for two years but not actually have to do it and and just have that two years of experience like i probably would have been miserable but I would have learned a lot that you can apply to your own business. So I don't think there's the right and wrong path of being an entrepreneur. I think I got fortunate enough that I got into Amazon at a really good time, which allowed me to maybe skip a step. And maybe if I didn't come across Amazon, maybe I would have gotten a job. And then maybe a few years into my job, maybe that idea would have came and then I would have become an entrepreneur. But then I would have had that corporate experience that it took me, a, it took me years to learn how to manage, how to build a team and and maybe I would have gotten a little bit of a head start there. So there's no right or wrong way. The one thing that I will say is when you're younger, it's a lot easier to take risks, right? I mean, you don't have a family support. You don't have a mortgage payment. Like there's just certain things that, hey, if you're 45 and you have four kids and a mortgage, like maybe maybe that's not the right time to take huge risks. Maybe it is depending on your personality. But I was always in the mentality that um, I was young. If, if my business has failed, I could always go out and get a real job. I was going to get my degree anyway. So it kind of was like I was playing with house money, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I suppose like the word that maybe I'm, I'm looking for is would other people think that I'm like entitled or something because I haven't worked the, the nine to five for like 10, 15 years and then like dived into business or, you know, I, but for me, I kind of looked at it that 
I, you know, I was there probably, I think, like, four, five years. Um, but like you say, I fucking hated it. Like, I would drive, like, the long way around just so I would get there late because I just did not want to be there, you know? So, like, I really, really hated, like, the 9-5 and just the job that I was doing. So I suppose, like, I, yeah, I suppose, like, just thinking about it, the word that maybe I'm looking for is would other people think that I'm entitled, especially because I'm, I think I'm that age where just like millennial kind of you know type right. of thing you know and, and and that goes around so um yeah i don't know like your thoughts on on that or, or anything yeah i mean people didn't take me seriously for probably the first five years of being an entrepreneur i think part of that goes with being a young entrepreneur but i mean th- there's ways around that i mean you can prove yourself really quickly whether it's through great customer service whether it's you handling a situation a little bit more mature um and, and, and i mean at some point you got to get over what people think, right? I mean, I I think there was a a certain switch where I was listing a lot of baby products, right? I mean, you look at a a 20 year old single college guy, like listing baby products on Amazon, like that got a lot of weird looks. So I think there was a moment where I was like, all right, I either need to stop doing this or I need to move forward and do it and just not care what people think at all going forward. And I think the same thing applies to, to anything. I mean, it only takes, you kind of forget all the failures over the years and you remember the yeses, but a lot of times you're, you're going to have those failures, whether it's people not working with you, not being your client because you're too young, not even getting on the phone call with you. That's fine, but you gotta, you gotta figure out ways around that and continue to tweak your approach. And then eventually it almost kind of flips, right? Because when you get to 27, 28, 29, all of a sudden you're not that young entrepreneur anymore, but you also have eight years of experience. So it, then all of a sudden you become kind of that veteran who's been doing it for a long time who got in early. You know what I mean? And so that, in, I suppose, in a way brings me on to some of the things I did want to ask you. So do you think that, or do you believe that entrepreneurs are born or that they are kind of made type of thing? Yeah, good question. I mean, I'm sure it's a combination of both. I, I do think that uh, this whole Corona thing is kind of woken up a lot of people of whether entrepreneurship is really for them. I mean, if you think about it, like for the past 10 plus years, like the economy's just gone up. Well, it's not easy to make a business, but it's a lot easier when the economy is doing well and other people have money and other people are spending money. And, and, and a lot of people got in during the up and they never have really experienced the, the down. I mean, me kind of included. I got in in 2008, 2009. We were just getting, I guess we were right in the midst of the housing crisis, but I wasn't doing anything with, with real estate or anything. So I think the times that are tough, like right now, that's when it shows whether you can handle being an entrepreneur. And if you can only handle the highs, you can't handle the lows, then you're probably not cut out for it. And and I think that there are certain people that fare better with jobs, with more security. But then on the flip side of that, I mean, I think we're all realizing with all the people that are going through unemployment now that a secure job isn't necessarily a secure job anyway. So I, I think there's kind of both sides to it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I was watching some Gary V stuff and he, he pretty much kind of said or kind of summed up what you were, were just saying there is that like now is the time that all those entrepreneurs or kids like when they first started business, like they haven't faced the crash of like 08 or, or 9-11 or like whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, they just don't necessarily know those tough times and so this is going to really like open their eyes type of thing um which which kind of gets me thinking so if somebody is maybe not necessarily 
cut out for entrepreneurship, but they hate the nine to five. In your opinion, where do like what do the what the hell do they do? Yeah, I mean free that's more of like the freelance, like solo entrepreneur mm. direction. I, I just read a book called The Hundred Dollar Startup, which was a, a fantastic book. And it, it essentially is like, listen, you can be an entrepreneur without having to to want to build a 30 person team and scale an eight figure business. You can create an income from 50 grand to $200,000 a year by yourself and, and maybe one or two virtual assistants if you want to do that. And you do that by finding your, something you're passionate about and turning it into a business and, and having an offer. And, and it can be low stress. It can be more of a lifestyle business and it's not that expensive to start. So a, a good example from that book was there's a guy who really liked traveling and he got really good at booking vacations. So he turned that into a business for other people for a flat $250, he would book a, a vacation where to wherever you want and, and, and really map it out for you for, to save you money, to make sure it's a great experience. And sometimes it would take him three hours to do. Sometimes he was so good at it that it would take him 30 minutes. He would make 250 bucks in 30 minutes, but that was scalable. He hired a, a VA to, to help him with some smaller tasks. And he wasn't making a million dollars a year, but he was making a lot more than he would at, at his regular job. And and he could do it on and off. If he wanted to take a week off, he could. And, and so I think there, there's kind of that in-between that the remote work um, allows you to do and the internet allows you to do that, yeah. that a lot of people should open up their eyes to. Man, I love that. Like, I'm really passionate about, um, even if people like love their job, to build, even like someone on the side that they're also passionate about, you know? Yeah, I just like believe in that stuff. So, and I think there's like that, it then goes into what you're saying. Like, you don't have to build the next Apple. You know, like you can build, yeah. um, you know, be, be super happy, build, you know, a business that like turns over whatever, like 50K or, you know, 100K or like whatever it is. So um, I think sometimes people think it's either nine to five or kind of like be an entrepreneur and like build this huge thing. But there's also that like that area in between, like you were talking about. And so in terms of VAs, because I, I know this is like your thing, obviously you've got massive success with it. Do you think that there's a case for, having a balance between VAs and employees? I mean, I, you can definitely do that. I don't personally do that. I, I mean, I opened up an office with my Amazon business around year four or five, and it was one of the worst business decisions I ever made. I mean, I added overhead to a business that didn't need it. I felt like I created a nine to five job for myself. I think I'm personally, I got good at managing remote teams, not as good at handling in-person teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally build my businesses just remote, just with VAs. I know plenty of clients that hire employees and, and even give their VAs um, or give their employees their own VA. So their employee uh, focuses on, on higher level tasks and not lower level tasks. And then there's businesses that do a hybrid. Maybe they have two full-time employees and, and five VAs that, and the five VAs work separately doing other tasks. So the, again, there's no right or wrong way. I think the important thing is that hiring remote, hiring VAs, hiring freelancers, gives you flexibility in your business. And that's what you need right now as an entrepreneur in the time where things happen like Corona or whatever, and you need to make adjustments, you need to make tweaks, VAs and freelancers allow you to do that. And not everyone needs four people full time. You can hire someone for an hour a day, two hours a week, five hours a month, whatever it is, and build a business and increase hours over time or hire someone to just build your website and then come back to them in three months again with a different project. So that flexibility is what's key, not necessarily the, the right or wrong on how you go about it. I mean, I love the, like, like you say, the flexibility. So for those who maybe like, because there's definitely people out there, I feel, and I'm, I suppose I'm kind of like this, that 
um, really want like to build a team, you know, like a team of people. And so I'm wondering where like VAs come into this because forgive me if I'm wrong, but so they're like part of your business, but obviously not employed by you. And so can go off and do other work for other people as well. Right. And so uh, I'm just wondering for people out there who kind of really want to build like that, that, you know, that team within their, their company, like maybe they, maybe it's like their perspective or whatever on what VAs are and do, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the, the way that I like to break it up is there's three different levels of people you can hire. You got followers, you got doers, and you got experts. So followers, five to 10 bucks an hour, non-US, this is what I consider the VAs. They might have years of experience, but they're there to follow your systems, your processes. Then you got the, the specialists, the freelancers, they're the graphic designers, writers, video editors. You're not teaching a graphic designer how to be a graphic designer, but they're not consulting with you either. They're doers. They're to do that one thing at a really high level. And then you got the experts, the high level freelancers, consultants, agencies. They're there to bring their own systems, their own processes to the table. They bring in that strategy. So depending on, on what you need in your business, if you need to run Facebook ads, you don't know how to run Facebook ads, you need the expert. If you need to put out content, you might need the fall or the doers. And if you need more of someone to follow your system, your process, customer service, could be lead generation, whatever it is, that's where the VAs where the followers come in. You mentioned before that you're going to be yes, yeah, so, so so talk us through ultimately that and the work that you're doing there. So you're walking through people like from not having any VAs to having a team of VAs. And then you mentioned like software. So really yeah, I would be interested to, to learn about that as well. Yeah, I mean, outsource school is, is for everyone, whether you've never hired a VA before and you want to learn how, whether you've struggled to hire VAs and you need better processes or system, or whether you've had some success and you want to take it to the next level and you also want software to support it, it, it can really help you with all that. So one side of it's the software. We're building an SOP building software that helps you create really good SOPs. Imagine a better version of Loom very dictated towards creating a library of SOPs for your VA that saves the, the client time. That's going to come out in the next 60 days. Right now on the course and the education side, we have two courses, Cracking the VA Code, which teaches you our exact process for interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing virtual assistants. And it dives deep into building team leaders and how to fire people, how to run meetings, bonuses, raises. It has videos of us actually interviewing and onboarding virtual assistants. So you can see good interviews, bad interviews, and and we're really there to support you along that process if you have questions or whatever as you interview your own VAs. Then we're launching right now, we're working on mini courses. So we just launched the podcast outreach formula. So that teaches you how to wake up every day to a list of podcasts from your VA that are in your niche, in your category that you can quickly reach out to or have the VA reach out to, to get on more podcasts. I've been on lots of podcasts. This is a system that, that I use. So you can use that and apply it to your business. Now we're working on some other courses the, the lead generation formula. So how to use VAs to get leads for your business, how to use VAs for bookkeeping is the course after that. And, and we've got lots of ideas in, that are more specific to help people with certain things. So there's that education side and the software side. And I'm curious how it all comes together long-term. It's definitely um, like, like, um, like it definitely like it's evident that you're very passionate about uh, what you do in that. And whenever I come across people who are passionate about what they do, um, I'm kind of interested in, I don't, I don't know if mindset's the right thing, but like what advice that they would have for other people to go out there and find, pursue, 
uncover like whatever word you want to use something that other people can also be passionate about and I think it in a way ties into what we were talking about like leaving that nine to five so people can open up their eyes to like, like we talk about like that, that solo on solar um solopreneurship or freelancer like what advice would you give to people that they can find something that they're passionate and love to do as well. Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. I think everyone sure. kind of gets there a different way. I mean, if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I'd be selling baby products on Amazon, I wouldn't have believed you. And if you asked me five years ago, if I'd be running a freelance marketplace, I wouldn't believe you. And if you asked me even a year ago, if I would have sold free up and be working on outsource school, I wouldn't believe you. So I, I got there not by planning out 10 years in the future. I got there by trying lots of different things, seeing what's working, seeing what Sarah market was for, um, or seeing what the market is, and then also seeing what I enjoy doing and, and kind of adjusting and tweaking. And I think a lot of times we get so caught up into, oh, there's a course for that, or there's a guru teaching how to make money this way. And I'm much more of a proponent of, okay, like read books, learn stuff here and there, but figure out your own business, try different things, see what you like it and bring that creative part of being an entrepreneur there, not just following someone else's blueprint. Yeah, for sure. It's like embracing like the journey along the way because you never know what's going to happen. Like yourself, you know, like a year ago, you couldn't imagine, you know, selling free up in that. So do you think like it's um, fear that maybe gets in the way of people or just wanting to know all the answers or like what is it do you think that sometimes hold people hold people's back yeah I, I mean people want security people are scared to take risks people have uh, negative thoughts in their head i mean it, it could be anything i mean so it's a combination of hard work and and there's some luck too i mean i got into amazon at a really good time but at the same time i was trying lots of different things until i came across something and i just had to i happened to come across that so I think it's a combination of people that put themselves out there that kind of create their own luck. And there's going to be breaks along the way. There's going to be opportunities. And a lot of times it comes down to what you make of those opportunities. I mean, I had, for example, there was a really good podcast that, that I couldn't get on. And one day they had a last minute cancellation and I had other plans and I canceled those plans and I went on those pod that podcast and it helped me get on more podcasts and be more um, recognizable with free up. So I, I could have easily said, no, sorry, I'm busy, but I took advantage of that opportunity. And that's obviously a, a really small, specific example. But the point is, is keep putting yourself out there. Even if you fail, even if you get rejected, keep going, keep going. And when those opportunities do come, make sure you take advantage of them. For sure. Um, awesome. Well, Nathan, before we finish, um, I'm always interested to kind of learn um, the challenges that my guests have faced, because I believe that there's other people that, of course, face similar challenges to the, what we do. And I think it's valuable that people can kind of see or like dive into the mindset of how they overcame those challenges. So then they can take some, you know, some some tips or some value from that in the challenges that they're facing. So, yeah, what has been some some challenges in your journey that really stand out to you and how was you able to overcome them? So back with my Amazon business, I hired a manager of the day and I taught him how to do the entire business. And I hired a, or I used a manufacturer and I just focused on one manufacturer instead of diversifying. So I got, I trained, spent six months training him, got my business in a great place. It was on autopilot. He's running the whole thing. One manufacturer doing a lot of sales. I go on vacation and my manufacturer drops me and the guy quits on me. So my entire business goes from it's on autopilot to I have nothing and I have to start all over again. And, and I was devastated. It was a, a rough day. Um, it, they both happened within hours of each other. And 
I, I came back and I regrouped and I was like, all right, what, what lessons did I learn here? And I learned that I need to diversify all the time going forward. So I contacted lots of different manufacturers and built relationships. I, I built up specific teams for different parts of the business instead of one person running everything. And it was a rough six months. But once that once I built it back up, the business was a lot stronger than it was before going forward. So um, I think that's that was one of the most devastating times. And, and you kind of have to look at everything as, as a lesson and a problem that you have to put steps in place so it doesn't happen again. Building on that. Um, like I, I believe like personal development is really important anyway, but especially as as, an, as like an entrepreneur and, and in business, you know. So what have so, so what's been kind of like the the growth or transformation that you that you've been through? If you could just like talk us through some maybe some of the the, the things that stand out that sort of helped you to deal with you know those types of challenges. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I had a manager with my internships that was very over the top, very stressful. I wouldn't consider him the best manager of the world, and and I learned from that. I mean. I was young. That was the only management style I knew. So for the first few years of me being an entrepreneur, I had high turnover. People didn't want to work for me. I stressed people out. I stressed my business partner out. And I mean, I remember Connor, my business partner, really just telling me that I had to change or he wouldn't be able to scale. He wouldn't be able to grow. He wouldn't be able to work with me. And and that was kind of an eye opener. And, and I had to work really hard to to change how I talked to people, how I managed, how I led. And, and I think even sometimes I, I go into like old tendencies, old habits, like we all do. And, and you kind of need that reminder. So I think no one's perfect. We're all kind of figuring it out as we go and, and being able to understand what your flaws are and put steps in place to try to fix those flaws is a, is a big part of um, being an entrepreneur. So with the last two businesses, um, obviously you've had the, your, your, your co-founder, um, how important or how um, beneficial do you think it's been having a co-founder with you, you know, because, you know, for, you know, for Grow Together, it's just me, you know, for, for other people that I've connected with, you know, like they're just the, the, the founder, right? There is, there is no co-founder. So being somebody who, you know, you have somebody with you, I'm really interested into that dynamic and just how, if you feel like it's, it's important or yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like it's important. I don't think everyone needs a business partner, but find someone that has the same values and beliefs that you do. Um, like I believe in treating people well, I believe in customer service, I believe in, um, in feedback and ideas and sharing and taking ownership and responsibility. And, and so I found Connor who has those same values, but we're completely opposite people. I'm high energy, he's calm, cool and collective. He has different skill sets than I do. So that's really what you want in a business partner. Yeah, so I love that. So um, it's based on those values and those beliefs, but then having those two different skill sets. You know, the, right. the different skill sets. So then it's, it's a good blend. Right, exactly. Nathan, do you have any final thoughts or words of inspiration for maybe um, a young entrepreneur out there or somebody who's, you know, just starting their startup? And um, yeah, what, what, you know, what words of advice or encouragement would you give? Them? Yeah, I mean, don't give up. Failure is part of it. I get rejected every single day, every single week. And, and you have to be able to, to overcome that. Uh, don't get angry. Don't get frustrated. Don't get aggressive. Be the bigger person, the more professional person um, as you go through it. And that's how opportunities are going to come up over time. I've had podcasts that rejected me for three years before they let me on. And that's because I didn't get aggressive or frustrated. I just nicely followed up and stayed professional and waited for that opportunity. So I think that's my biggest tip. Where can people find you online, man, if they want to learn more about what you do and connect with you? Yeah, so I'm one of the easiest entrepreneurs to, to contact online, Nathan Hirsch on Facebook or LinkedIn, the real Nate Hirsch, Instagram or Twitter. Uh, go to Outsource School. If you go to OutsourceSchool.com slash VA calculator, we have a great tool for you to see how many VAs you can afford in your business right now. And 
um, yeah, I look forward to, to helping a lot of entrepreneurs. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, it's, it's been a while, like we said at the beginning, but I'm happy we made it happen. Same here, man. Awesome. So guys, I will be back next week with um, another Grow To Gather community member or guest. So I will look forward to talking to you then. Have an awesome week. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching to this episode of the Grow Together podcast. The Grow Together podcast is available every Thursday as I bring on an interview with our community members here at Grow Together. If you would like to learn more about Grow Together, then head on over to our website, which is growtogethernetwork.com. That is growtogethernetwork.com. The two guys is the number two. So just pointing that out, so it's growtogethernetwork.com, where you can pick up our free personal growth plan workbook, learn more about our community and get access to a wide range of other content via our community blog. With that said, guys, have a great day.